Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. If your marketing is on point, if you've been adding value to this person through the whole journey, it does most of the work that allows the person to come over. Now, if you're also been featured in the news, that builds on that as well. As soon as somebody gets featured in the news, the trust level automatically goes up. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluffy stuff with us today, August Biniaz. How you doing, August? Great. Absolute honor and pleasure to be here. I'm sure you hear this all the time, but I feel like you've been part of my life for so long now. I feel like I know you talk about you. I follow your school of thought. So it's very interesting to be here. It's a surreal feeling. Well, it's my pleasure to have you on the show and I'm, I appreciate those thoughts and that's awesome to hear. And I'm looking forward to our conversation because August is the co-founder of CPI Capital, which is an investment firm focused on multifamily value-add assets. Sounds familiar, right? Best ever listeners. And he is a Canadian-based real estate firm. If you didn't pick up on that in August accent, he is a Canadian and they are Canadian-based with a mandate to acquire U.S. multifamily properties. So they buy multifamily properties in the U.S., 
He's based in Vancouver, and they have a little over $200 million worth of assets under management currently. They're the lead sponsor in their deals. That's their focus. So we're going to dig into that. So first off, August, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. My background connects with you at some point in my journey. So it's interesting background. My background really started in real estate 17 years ago, approximately as a licensed agent, real estate agent. I wasn't really good at being a real estate agent, but I was good at finding deals, sourcing deals. So I started doing small fix and flips, eventually started a general contracting company, moved on to build single family homes from the ground up, both spec and custom homes, always wanted to scale. There was an opportunity that came across my desk, which was this five single family home we call it land assembly that we could build 20 townhomes on it. And this is a build for sale project. Didn't know anything about raising capital. Didn't even know what syndication was. Didn't understand the GPLP structure. Just went to my network, was able to raise $5 million on this $8.7 million acquisition. We incorporated a company, put shareholder agreements in place, and I was to get a portion of the profits if the deal was profitable. So I fell in love with that model and this idea of finding the deal finding the investors, bringing on all the professionals. On this particular deal, I couldn't be the builder. I couldn't be the GC. So I had to bring on the GC. I had to bring on an architect. So I fell in love with that idea of what I just described. And I went on a journey to try to bring the two worlds of private equity, where these private equity firms were raising large amounts of capital for mergers and acquisitions, for leverage buyouts. And then I wanted to connect those two worlds of real estate development and private equity. And read a bunch of books, King of Capital, Barbarians at the Gate, and what have you. But as I dig more and more, I realize this already exists. It's called syndication, also known as real estate private equity. And then I stumbled on Joe Fairless and your books and your school of thought. And I realized in the U.S., now my idea was ground-up development, but in the U.S., the groups were buying already built apartment buildings. They were doing some small renovations, increasing the rents, increasing the assets value, and giving great returns to their investors, but they were cash flowing from day one as well. There's something that wasn't available here in Canada because on a 70-30 LTV, standard conventional mortgage, you're negative cash flows. So then I look across the border at the opportunities that existed and I realized that I had a competitive advantage in my province, British Columbia. There's 23,000 real estate agents, 8,500 licensed builders. And as far as real estate investment firms investing in US multifamily while partnering with Canadian investors, there were just less than a handful. So that was kind of my starting journey, but I'll let you go ahead and if you have any questions. Yeah, that's, that's smart. I love how you walked us through that thought process and how by seeking a competitive advantage, you arrived at that point. And I think it's something that Americans, myself included, a lot of times take for granted. We have such amazing opportunities with value-add deals at cash flow day one versus, you know, as, as you mentioned in Canada, you did that on ground up development, but it didn't cash flow and right out of the gate. So on that first deal, the 20 townhomes, you said you raised 5 million. How many investors approximately did you raise? That from? Five. Five. Okay. And was it a million a piece? No, it was not exact. It was aggregated amount between us. What, what was the smallest and what was the largest investment amount? Well, the smallest was me and the largest was just over 2 million. Okay. And how much did you invest? I invested a very small amount, a couple hundred thousand. 
That's still a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't dismiss a couple hundred thousand. Okay, so a couple hundred thousand to the largest is two million. So there were five investors. One of them was you, correct? Yes. How did you know the other four? I'm not asking for names. I just would like to know how you knew them so that for others listening who are putting together their first deal, they can follow the breadcrumbs for how you did it and then perhaps apply it to what they're doing. Absolutely. It was on my capacity as a home builder here locally and in Vancouver. It was people that I'd built homes for in the past, people I had connected with. A lot of them were in the real estate space. One of them was an agent, and then he had a network of people that he brought on. But yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about doing my first deal, a co-syndication deal in the U.S., which I think your listeners will take much more advantage of rather than a ground-up development deal in Canada where you have to go to your inner circle. But co-syndication is a process that it's that super highway that you could expedite the process to become a GP through that co-syndication model. So I'd love to chat about that at some point as well. So just so I'm clear, so you had five total investors, you, an agent who had a network of people. So the agent that you had a connection with, bring on the other three investors? That's right. Got it. Okay, cool. So you partnered with the agent and together you all bought that property. Okay. So let's approach it this way. You have about $208 million worth of assets under management, correct? Yes. And they're all in the U.S.? They're all in the U.S. Okay. How many properties does that consist of? That's three properties. Three properties. Nice. Congrats on that. And where are they? And... What can you tell about? Tell us about them. They're in Florida, South Carolina, Texas. What I can tell you guys about it is the experience that I gained as being a builder and developer and not understanding what private equity was, not understanding capital raising and going on that journey that I mentioned. When I realized the potentials that existed with U.S. multifamily, with U.S. investing and co-founding my company, CPI Capital, my suggestion to the partner was that we need to put a tremendous focus on the brand around us, on raising capital, on the equity side of the business. Because as a boots on the ground developer, I had deals that always came across my desk, but the issue was always equity. And it wasn't a case that a problem was equity. I didn't even see it feasible. It wasn't even attainable to be able to even do a deal. It was automatically a no because I didn't have the equity. When I learned that there is a process and an ecosystem for capital raising and what have you, and obviously courses and mentorship programs and all that other great stuff. I realized that for our real estate investment firm, CPI Capital, we need to have initially our focus on raising capital, on building a brand around the company, building a brand around ourselves. And the deals will come. A lot of times, the school of thought of a lot of coaches is that find a deal and the money will come. I don't subscribe to that idea. Actually, I don't agree with it. I believe you got to focus on your brand. You got to focus on marketing. You got to focus on raising capital and you can always connect with others to get deals and deal flow with us because we had put such an emphasis on raising capital and building a brand around ourselves and our company, connecting with many investors, both in Canada and the U.S., we were overextending ourselves to now be involved also in the acquisitions and asset management. So we creatively came up with this idea of co-syndicating or co-GPing with sponsors who, who would carry those part of the business while we came on and assisted in the day-to-day -day operations, but also brought in a portion of the equity for the deals. And that's how we were able to close on such large deals. And like I mentioned earlier, expedite that process of being involved as a general partner in these large deals. Yeah. So you did that for those three deals, correct? That's right. Okay. And now, correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth. Now you're not focused on those partnerships with other 
GPs, you're focused exclusively on doing your own deals. Is that correct? Exactly. The plan from day one wasn't to be a capital raiser or an equity partner. The plan was to build a fully functioning real estate investment firm. So it was just the means to get to our goal. And yes, at this stage, we are a lead sponsor. We have our first deal under contract here in Tucson. It's a built-to-rent project, interestingly enough. And we are also utilizing the co-GP model to allow other general partners who want to get involved in the space and scale to come and partner with us now on our deals. So let's talk about building a brand because you mentioned don't find the deal first. Instead, find the money first, build your brand, and then go look for deals, which I agree with. I think we've got to have our ducks in a row first with the equity, and then we go look for deals. Otherwise, if a broker says, hey, here's a deal, we don't have the money lined up, we got egg on our face because we aren't able to pull the trigger, and then we don't get more deals from that broker. I agree. You build the brand, you find the money first, and then you go look for deals. Are most, if not all of your investors in Canada... Majority of our investors are in Canada. Our company's name was Canadian Passive Investing. When we soon realized that so many investors were coming from the U.S. with us doing zero marketing in the U.S. and really our brand being around Canadians, we're like, hey, listen, we haven't even tried and all these investors are coming from the U.S. So we changed the company name to CPI Capital to cater to American investors. So yeah, we're partnering both Canadian LPs and U.S. LPs and our U.S. LPs are growing faster than the Canadian LPs. But yeah, going back onto the kind of marketing talk, I want to touch on this briefly is in all transparency, a lot of my education came from your thesis, your school of thought. So I want to appreciate that and give you the accolades you deserve. But yeah, taking a step back before a deal is even in place or there's equity in place, every person has a brand around them. It doesn't matter if they have social media or they don't. There's a brand around you. Even if it's your circle of influence is your family and friends, there's a brand associated with you, the type of person you are, if you're a cool person to go hiking with or you're a cool person to go skiing with or go drinking with. So there's a brand that's associated with you. Initially, before taking any step, you need to build that brand. And frankly, the easiest way to do that is LinkedIn. LinkedIn SEOs are so powerful that as long as you don't have a super generic name, by creating your LinkedIn page, that will act as your website. So if you're looking to deal with brokers, sourcing deals, at the same time building your own brand, you need to have the minimums. It doesn't mean to have a huge marketing team behind you and creating a bunch of content on different platforms. And we'll go over that as well. More than happy to talk about that is the basic minimums is to have a LinkedIn page, to have presence on multiple platforms, to be active. Only 1% of LinkedIn users post regularly. It's very easy to be noticed on LinkedIn. So it's starting the process on building a brand and then stacking it. I call it stacking. So to be noticed, you want to be everywhere, but it's difficult and cumbersome and costly to be everywhere, but you can stack it. You can start LinkedIn and regularly posting. You can start a podcast. You can start a YouTube show. You can start a blog. You can start speaking on other people's YouTube shows and podcasts. There's so many different things you can do and you can stack those on top of each other and build a thought leadership platform like Joe Fairless says. So let's talk about that. I'd love to know what you've built and from what you've built, what's been effective and what's been a learning experience that you then decided to discontinue. Great question. So I see it this way. I see it as you have all of these different ways to build a brand around yourself, but also connect with investors. I think the goal is to connect with investors and also connect with deals as well. A lot of times deals comes across my desk. 
for example, I'll, I'll name some of the stuff that we do. So LinkedIn is huge for our company and for each of the leadership members. Each of you is his own entity and you can leverage each of your profiles. So we have our LinkedIn. We regularly post. But we also connect with a lot of investors. We have LinkedIn outreach. So that's a process. So that's up here. I call it on top of the funnel. Then we have our podcast. Again, we bring on expert guests. We interview them about different topics. That creates us some leads. We have our YouTube show. Again, the same process is just our video version of our podcast. So that's on top of the funnel. And then we have our blog. So we have a blog that we send out on LinkedIn and online. Again, some leads come through there. We go and speak on other people's podcasts and YouTube shows. That creates leads as well. We have meetup groups. We rent booths at conferences at times. So that's your lead generating on top. And as people come in, and this is, is diverse as well, because a certain type of people will watch YouTube shows, a certain type of people love reading blogs. So you get all of them coming into your funnel. But now is the next step, and I believe is the most important step, is nurture. Somebody comes mm -hmm. into your funnel, you meet somebody, high income earner, and you have a great conversation with them, but you call them three months down the road or six months down the road, you have a deal. They're not going to remember who you are. Mm -hmm. So that nurture process is very important because you're on top of their mind. You're in their inbox. You know, they're receiving information about you. If you're featured in the news, they'll be updated about that. So then when you do have a deal, then no like and trust is there and the chances of them investing with you is a lot higher. And there's really two ways to structure our deals as syndicators. We can either syndicate them or we can create a fund. But for syndicators, which is the better way to start, in my opinion, we don't have a deal at all times, especially when you first start out. So you need to be on top of those investors' minds while you're working on your next deal and your next project. I completely agree. The nurturing process or the building relationship process is a lot of times overlooked. And unfortunately for everyone who overlooks it, because it is the most important process in the marketing funnel. And it reminds me of the book, Ninja Selling is the name of the book. It's a book for real estate agents, actually, but and I'm not a real estate agent, never have been, but I it was recommended the book. So I read it. And the author talks about how if you have a real estate agent and the real estate agent helps a family buy a home and it's everything the family could ever want. It's a perfect purchase. It's exactly what they were looking for. And then the family lives in the home for five to seven years, which I think is the average amount of time families live in homes. And then they go to sell. Well, if that real estate agent who helped them find that perfect home did not stay in touch with the family over the course of those five to seven years, then the family very well could find another agent. Maybe they got a postcard from a different agent talking about the home values in their area and they could share the home value for their house and they should sell it with this agent. Or maybe there's a family friend who recently became an agent that they go with. So we've got to stay in touch in a thoughtful, relevant way throughout the whole process so that when we do have a deal, like you mentioned, three, six months later, if we're not doing a fund, then we are top of mind. And I'd like to learn more about that, how you stay in touch and how you nurture that process. Can you give us some specifics for what you and your team do to stay top of mind in a relevant way? Absolutely. So just very briefly here, it's very important to kind of touch on this as well. When somebody does end up coming into your funnel, so somebody sees you on a YouTube show on one of these lead generating steps that we talked about, podcast, YouTube show, blog, and they found you interesting enough to actually subscribe to you. So either subscribe to your newsletter or subscribe to invest with you. So we have like an invest with us or subscribe to our newsletter button. That's a big step somebody has taken. So what we do is we have a certain series of onboarding emails. So John Smith, 
presses invest with us either on our website or somewhere they've seen us, now they get a series of emails. So it's usually three emails. A, nice to connect. Great that you found us interesting. And then second email talks about who we are and what we've done so far. The third email adds value as far as like a recent blog we have written. So that's the first three emails they get the next three consecutive days. And then they, at that time, become part of our investor community, which is that they receive our email every Sunday, like Joe Fairless's email that goes out every Sunday. And within that email, now, in my opinion, and I have to toot our own horn over here, but I think it's one of the most comprehensive emails that goes out because we have our newsletter, which is our weekly blog that we write about an educational topic or something that's recently in the news. So it's a comprehensive article that's written. And then we have market updates. So what we write about is where is the interest rates at? Where is oil at? We give them a quick brief update on all the numbers. Where is gold at? So investors know, has it come down since last week? Has it gone up? So they're updated. So again, adding value. Next, we update them on reports and news articles about the multifamily and investing space, mainly related to commercial real estate. And then we talk about our podcast so this is a comprehensive email, as you see. And if we were featured in the news, again, getting featured in the news is a huge, huge way of creating leads. And it also creates lots of trust. So if we were recently featured in the news, we add that. And we end the newsletter at the bottom with an image of us and our investors at a recent dinner we had. So again, it's all about building that trust. A lot of times I talk about the business we were in. I talk to marketing people. We're not selling a product or selling a service. We're offering a partnership. And in most cases, we're telling someone that we might not have known for a long time, hey, come and invest $100,000 with me. Uh, sign this 200-page document that says, if I lose your money, you can't do anything about it. I'm going to take your money and buy a property somewhere probably outstate or in a different country. I'm going to manage it the way I see fit. I'm going to sell it when I want to sell it. You have no say. And whatever profits there are, if there is any profits, we'll divide it 70, 30. You take 70, I take 30. For someone to go through that and trust you enough with that, there needs to be such immense amount of trust for them to take that. So if your marketing is on point, if you've been adding value to this person through the whole journey, it does most of the work that allows the person to come over. Now, if you're also been featured in the news, that builds on that as well. As soon as somebody gets featured in the news, the trust level automatically goes up. So we end the newsletter with a picture of us and our investors. Again, building that trust, that's our newsletter. I love the statement that we're not selling product or service. We're offering a partnership. And I also love how you're ending the newsletter with a picture of you with the investors. Thank you for sharing that in your process. That's going to be beneficial for a lot of us and our listeners. Of course. Taking a step back, best real estate investing advice ever. Ooh, best real estate investing advice ever. Look for cash flow and don't be highly leveraged. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. All right. First quick word from our best ever partners. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. 
Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. Everyone is looking for a recession-resilient investment. How can you try to prevent from losing money by picking the wrong fund and sponsor? Right now, you can get Reliant Real Estate Management's free guide, 10 Things to Consider in a Real Estate Investment Fund, by visiting besteverreliant.com. Answer questions like, is the organization's focus on you? And does the fund keep employees? Reliant Real Estate Management is ranked one of the top 20 largest self-storage operators in the country with $1 billion in self-storage assets. After completing three funds, and selling 38 properties with $0 of investor principal loss. They have an average project level IRR of 33% in just over 3.5 years. Visit besteverreliant.com right now to receive the 10 things to consider in a real estate investment fund and get access to their latest investment opportunities. That's besteverreliant.com, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R-R-E-L-I-A-N-T.com. What's the book you've recently read? The Steve Schwartzman book, What It Takes. Best ever way you like to give back to the community. Teach. How can the best of listeners learn more about what you're doing? Visit our website, cpicapital.ca, or check me out on LinkedIn, August Biniaz, B-I-N-I-A-Z, August, just like the month. August, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for talking about your business approach from a marketing standpoint how you approach building relationships, nurturing relationships with investors, getting into the tactics so that we can learn from what works for you, what hasn't worked for you. What's been the worst approach or worst tactic that you've done that was like, oh, that didn't work. Let me move on. Overextending myself, trying to do too many things at the same time and not being able to get back to the leads that were coming in. Yeah, I agree. That's why you won't find much engagement on my Facebook or or any engagement on Twitter. And I don't even think I have an Instagram. So I hear you. I I tried to do all and then I was like, this isn't working. So let's narrowly focus on stuff. So I get that. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.